In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It's an honor and a privilege to stand here as your bishop, to come and visit our cathedral, to see all these young folks who are eager to be confirmed and eager for this service to be over so they can take those uncomfortable shoes off. It's an honor and a privilege to see as I come back year after year more and more people that I know and like and trust. We're certainly grateful to your Dean Frank and all of the clergy and all the staff of the cathedral for your hospitality in a hundred different ways as the years go by. A lot of my sermon will be addressed to the um, young people. You old people can listen to if you want to. Um, but you young people need to at least pretend like you're paying attention or I'll start all over again, okay? When you're 11 or 12 years old, you have the idea, I think, that you get in trouble when you don't know what you're doing. By the time you get to be 57, you figure out that most of the time when you get in trouble it's because you thought you did know what you were doing and you didn't really. So I'm encouraging you to loosen your grip a little bit on needing to know what you're doing all the time. For example, when I came here this morning, I had a startlingly good sermon prepared on the lesson from Acts, which we didn't read, which Frank told me earlier in the week we were not going to read, and I just forgot. The sermon was about, and the sermon will still be about, not knowing what you're doing. The story from the lesson in Acts tells the story of the Apostle Paul going on his second missionary journey. I forget where all he was had gone on his first missionary journey, but the plan was that he would go back to those same places. Paul might have been an Episcopalian after all, doing things the way we've always done them. Do it once and call it a tradition. He was going back to those same places. But instead... As he was in Troas, he had a vision, and in the vision he had, saw a man saying, Come preach to us in Macedonia. And even though he had a plan, and even though he was going to places he had been before and felt relatively comfortable doing that, he went to Macedonia instead and had great success among the Macedonians. Isn't that a funny idea? that you would have a vision or a dream and then kind of go somewhere else, change your plans, not do what you thought you were going to do. In 1983, I was directing a session for people with mental and physical disabilities at the Episcopal Church Camp in Mississippi. Um, that was the first time I directed it. Then in, in 86 or 7, I felt like I knew what I was doing and that's when I was going to be in trouble when I know what I'm doing 
and don't rely on other people to help me and don't ask God to help me, that's when I get in trouble. You'll be pleased to know that I'm in no danger as your bishop of thinking I know what I'm doing. The plan was to do what we had always done and and take the whole camp up the road to this big field and have a pasture party. The staff from the camp would cook hamburgers there and we would play games in the field. Usually it's a semi-organized situation. The year before it had been just completely disastrous and things hadn't gone well and there were people standing around doing nothing. And so somebody on the staff said, by golly, we're going to get it organized this year. And she had charts and diagrams about who was going to be where throwing footballs through inner tubes and blowing ping-pong balls with straws and egg-tossing and relay racing and all the things that you do in a field. Just before everybody was going to walk down the field, somebody had some sort of emergency, and I was called away. Some camper was having a difficult time, and I had to go and get her out of the bathroom or get him to put his clothes on or whatever it was. And I said to the other priest, take everybody up the road and I'll see you in the field. Well, it took a long time to do whatever it was I was trying to do. And by the time I got there, they were all standing around. Some of them had eaten and some of them had not. They had run out of hamburgers. And I said, well, why didn't somebody go get some more? Well, we were just waiting for you. So I trotted down the road. Can you imagine me trotting? I trotted down the road and got a whole bunch of hamburgers in a box and trotted back down. And by the time they had cooked this new batch of hamburgers, the evening was well spent. And I was so frustrated because we had plans, we had diagrams and charts. We had the straws and ping pong balls all set up and the eggs ready to be tossed. And I was trying to move us along, come on, come on, let's go. Until I turned around and saw that the whole camp was just sort of hanging out. Some of them were throwing frisbees and some of them had gathered around somebody who had a guitar and some of them were just sitting in a circle talking. The girls were chasing the boys and the boys were chasing the girls. And everything was just exactly the way it was supposed to be. It just wasn't according to my plan. And just when I was about to call everybody's attention and tell them what we were going to do, how we were going to rectify the situation of them having unauthorized fun, (laughs) one of the members on the staff said, Key, let it be. They're having a great time. I got so caught up in the plans and charts and diagrams that I forgot what we were there for. Churches do that, I think. We get so caught up in the plans and diagrams and charts and budgets and agendas and committee structure. What order we are going to march in. How to put the candles out. Should I stand or sit or kneel or cross myself or bow? that we forget what we're here to do, which is to proclaim and share the love of God in Jesus Christ. We forget that. When we think we know what we're doing, 
And what we're doing depends too much on our plans and not enough on God's plans. That's when we get in trouble. The word of God, the will of God, is unchanging. And our interpretation of it and how we incorporate it in our lives is forever expanding. That's why we come to church. That's why we go to Sunday school. That's why we listen to long, boring sermons. So that our glimpse of God might be expanded. And now these young people are offering themselves more fully to the church. They have gone through their confirmation classes and been trained to know everything there is to know about Christianity. Don't ever think that you know everything there is to know about Christianity. Don't ever think that you know everything that you need to know about faith. Because then you will decide that you've had enough. You'll close that window and be isolated and stuck with your own opinions. What a fearful fate that is. You young students and you old students, keep that window open. Keep listening. Keep watching for a vision, a dream. Where will we go next and what will we do there? Oh, it would be nice to think that we had it all under control. Then we could pretend like we're in charge. You know, that was Adam and Eve's sin. To want to be like God. To be in charge. We're not called to that. Instead, we're called to follow Christ. Follow Christ on a beautiful sunny day when everything is going just fine. Follow Christ when in a dark and gloomy day when the loss is overwhelming. Follow Christ every day. Every day new. Every day fresh with challenge. And so we offer ourselves to be confirmed, to reaffirm our vows to the glory of God and into the love and fellowship of Jesus Christ our Lord and into the hope and mercy of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen.